Abba Yahweh, thank you for your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom that you have given me to hold on to, to learn, to share, teach, edify, admonish if the need be. For they that have an ear, let them hear. And remove the scales from their eyes so that they can see around all that you have done and your majesty and your might, Father God. Yeshua, Jesus, only begotten Son of God, that you came for me and whosoever believes. And Parakletos, Holy Spirit, that you teach and guide and walk. Thank you. Thank you for stirring in my heart and the things that I need to say and share to bring out. Thank you. Abba Yahweh, Aman. Yeshua, Aman. Parakletos, Aman. So, brothers and sisters, I'm going to share this right quick because it's very early in the morning and I still have to work. But this is something I think that needs to be said, and I, I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit gave a nod. It's a, it's a good thing. So when I shared about turning on the light switch, and I had mentioned Dr. Jeremiah and the fact that he's a Baptist minister and had mentioned several things about Baptist churches that I visited and, and have first-hand knowledge to, and it's not made up. I've already shared with you, brothers and sisters, that I'm not going to make up anything. I'm not going to apologize, first of all, because I spoke truth, and I will not apologize for speaking the truth. If you reasoned to be offended, well, that's unfortunate. But remember this, and I've shared it many times. I'll share it again. They that seek offense will surely find it. So here's something that we have to remember. Is that the labels that are tacked on to the various denominations and religious groups have nothing to do with God putting those labels on them. Those were placed by mammon. And if those leaders of the church are speaking truth, knowledge, wisdom of God and speak from the Bible and speak the truth and they don't think take things out of context and they teach the truth, his truth, the knowledge, then it doesn't matter what the label is. You have to remember, brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter. And there are those, and I've shared this with you before, that have diluted and polluted the word Christian, and they use that so out of context. But it's important to know that it doesn't matter what the label is, as long as it's truth, as long as it is from the word of God, and as long as they speak and teach in context. So that's important. So I'm not going to apologize for bringing that up. And for those that may be Baptists out there that heard or listened to what I said and you're offended, well, that's entirely on you. Okay, so... I'm not going to apologize for it because there's nothing to apologize for. I was speaking truthfully. 
And as I say, and let me reiterate, it doesn't matter what the label is as long as it's truth from the Bible, from the Word of God, and is His truth. And like I've shared many times, try the Spirit. That means pray the Holy Spirit, and you try the Spirit that is within that church, within that person, and the Holy Spirit will tell you, you either stay or you go, or yes, it's a good word. The Holy Spirit will respond, and it will guide you. Either you walk to the door and leave, or you stay and you hear, and it's a good word. The Holy Spirit will guide, but you have to lean in and listen. What is, it's perverse is actually what it is. You have some individuals, and I happened to listen to one speaking, and the man is an absolute liar, a liar teaching contrary doctrine and absolute untruth. It's not even in the Bible. He took a, a verse totally out of context, and he's trying to teach that John 3.16 is being taught incorrectly, okay? He calls himself a progressive. No, he's perversive. Progressive is that he wants to be seen and given an attaboy or a pat on the back by those that have come to the point where they I'm not even sure what their point is, to be perfectly honest with you, except that they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the righteous word of God. They want it to be their way. And the only thing that I can figure is that this this person that's perverting the word of God is wanting to be looked upon by more people around and say, wow, he's really good. He's that. No, he's not. He's teaching false doctrine. He's teaching lies. He's teaching things that we were told by the Lord Jesus Christ to be cautious of. Paul told us to be cautious. Peter spoke about the caution that we need to take in regards to false doctrines and teachings. So here's what this, pardon my strong language, but this joker is what he is. He's an absolute fraud, a joke, and a liar, and teaching false doctrine. He says that John 3.16 teaches that if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, God's sending you to hell. And that you need to believe Jesus is his son or you're going to hell. Well, that's not what the context of the scripture says. I'm going to read John 3.16, and I'm going to read further. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if you choose to believe, and that's what that section of the verse means, that whosoever believeth. So if you choose to believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and came to sacrifice his life for you, then you shall be saved and you will enjoy everlasting life with Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, and you will have joyous homecoming reunion with your loved ones that have gone on before. Further, 
For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Again, you have a choice. Uh, You might be saved if you choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. That means... Just like the roaches in a darkened room, you click that light on, what do they do? They scamper for the darkness and they head for cover. These perverse, progressive liars, false doctrine teachers are just like that. They prefer the darkness and they don't want to come to light. But his teaching and what he was teaching in the church and his assembly was that John 3.16 says that God is sending everyone to hell that doesn't believe. But he took it out of context. If you choose not to believe, you are condemned already. The condemnation isn't from God pointing his finger and say, you don't believe in my son and, and he came down from heaven for your sake and you don't believe in him. I'm sending you to hell. That's not the God I know. The God I know and believe in and have faith in is a loving God. For he so loved the world that he sent his son, not to condemn the world, but to save it and give everyone that chooses to be saved that opportunity. And brothers and sisters, that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about. We are to be about our father's business and teach the gospel and give people a choice. They can study the word. They can be edified, lifted up and listen and say, that's what I want. I want to believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son. I want to have faith in God. I want to have the Holy Spirit to guide and teach me. I don't want to be in the dark anymore. I don't like what's going on around me. I want change. It's a choice, brothers and sisters, a choice. God made us to have a free will choice. If you choose to believe, then you can be saved. Just simply say, Jesus, I do believe. You came for me. I want to accept you as my only begotten, my Savior, the only begotten Son of God, my Lord and Savior, and I want to have faith in your Father and my God who created all things. I believe what I read. I believe what I'm being taught. I believe what I'm being told. But if you choose to listen to the false doctrines and false teachings of those individuals that take the word out of context and they choose to take one verse and elevate that to be the one and only truth because they're teaching it or they're saying it, they have a judgment coming that is beyond anything that we can comprehend. The word of God says that they will have a special judgment. Why? 
because they're teaching lies, they're teaching false doctrine, they're taking the word of God, the holy word of God that was breathed into the authors, the men and women that wrote the books in the Bible, the breath of God was in them. They penned it, but he is the author. So these individuals, these false teachers are saying that God's word is wrong, just like that other young man I shared with you about where he says that this one verse proved that Jesus was a liar. And then he spoke no more of anything else except that one verse. Well, brothers and sisters, that's contrary to the word of God. And it's absolutely doctrinally, pardon me, doctrinally unsound. You have to understand that we have been told that these things will happen and that it's going to happen and that we need to be aware that these individuals are out here. And what these progressives are teaching is nothing but the voice of the devil. Brothers and sisters, that is the truth. It's false, they're lies, and one of Satan's pseudonyms is the liar. He relishes in that, and what he loves most is if he can get people to believe the lies rather than the truth. He loves that. But brothers and sisters, we were warned by Jesus Christ, by Peter, by Paul, and others that wrote in this book, our instruction manual, that they will come. And he warned us, and he said that they will be like ravishing wolves to come and kill the sheep. What are the sheep? Remember this, brothers and sisters, that Jesus Christ is our good shepherd. And we are his sheep. And the sheep, the real, honest, true believers, will know his voice. And we will hear his voice, we'll hear him speak, and we will respond because we know it's his voice. And we know that it's truth. It's sad because there are those that claim and call themselves Christian, but they are also perverse and progressive. They only want to take part of the Bible. They only want to believe certain things and they share that and teach that to others. I pray for them still and I pray for this man to repent and see the error. And it's possible to do, brothers and sisters. Repentance is very easy to do. All you have to do is tell God that you're sorry. You repent of what you're saying and teaching and that you want to speak the truth and the Holy Spirit to come in and guide that truth, guide that word. 
And brothers and sisters, I pray every day for your strength, your uprightness, boldness, and courage, brothers and sisters, because Jesus Christ spoke in Matthew 24. I've shared this with you before. That he talks about all the wars, the rumors of wars, and that there are those that coming. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and I shall de- deceive many. I'm teaching the word of the Lord. And John 3.16 is being taught incorrectly. Well, excuse me. How are you going to teach the word of the Lord, but you're not teaching the word of the Lord? You're teaching lies. Uh, contradiction in terms there. Progressive, perversive. That's similar to the progressive officials, elected officials. They want to be progressive because they want to fit in to what society is about now. And that's what all these individuals are that call themselves progressive. They want to fit in. Well, brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us that we are a peculiar people. Why are we peculiar? Because we don't fit in with what everybody else is doing. We shouldn't fit in with what everyone else is doing. If it's an abomination to Lord God Almighty, Abba Yahweh, the maker of all things made, then it must be an abomination to us as well. If you are a true believer, it must be an abomination to you. It's certainly an abomination to me. However, the proviso, we are still to pray for them. They can repent. The word repent, it only means change one's mind or change one's direction. That's all it means. It's not any great, big, fantastical thing that you need this huge, triumphant marching band to escort you down an aisle, beating a drum and playing on the trumpets. They do that in heaven when you repent and you come and you say, and when you come back because you're one of the lost sheep and then you're found and you, you've repented, they blare the trumpets and they have a heavenly hoedown. They do, they rejoice. And the Bible tells us that. When the 99 is left and the Lord comes to find the one, When that one comes back, there is great rejoicing. The angels delight and rejoice with the Lord. This is the parable that Jesus spoke in the prodigal son. Prodigal living. Some might not know what that means. That's okay. When you live as he was, Spending on anything and everything, orgies, drunkenness, gluttony, every perverse thing that could be imagined, that's what prodigal living is. And that's what the prodigal son did. He took his inheritance and he left. He went and spent everything he had. Didn't invest anything, spent it all. Where did he wind up? In his way, in his control, and what he thought he had under control, he ended up sleeping with the swine. He was eating from their feeding trough. 
He was starving because he spent everything, didn't have anything to get money, shelter. He was living with the swine. Far cry from being in the flock of sheep. And he said, I, I have to go home. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't be this way. I have to go home. And his father saw him from afar off and ran to him because in those days in that culture, when he showed up with no shoes on his feet, the coat and the clothes that he had on were tattered and torn and the coat that he had that his father gave to him was gone. So the father ran out to meet him so that the keepers of the house didn't see his appearance when he came back brought him into the house, had him bathed, cleaned up, and then they had a great feast. And then, of course, you know, the other part of the story is that the eldest son, who stayed, griped and whined and complained to his father. And the father just simply looked at him and said, but son, all you had to do was ask. You were with me all the time. You never left my side. You didn't run off. You didn't take everything and spend it. You weren't a spendthrift. You stayed here and you worked, but you were with me. All you had to do was say, Father, I would like to have a feast with some of my friends. He never asked, so he didn't receive. The same thing with our Father God in heaven. Ask not and ye shall receive not. All you have to do is ask, brothers and sisters. But know and understand this when you do ask that he knows best. Yes, father knows best. I know that's a little thing from an old TV show. And some my age and older will know what that is. And some of you youngsters won't. <laughs> but father in heaven does know best. He will guide us into appropriate living. Remember what it said in Proverbs we're going to flip back over here. Let me flip back there right quick. It's a great couple of verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It means that you will be taken care of, brothers and sisters. God will provide our needs. There is a great difference, a profound difference in needing and wanting. In mammon, those things are confused all the time. People can't figure out the difference between needing and wanting. And they decide that what they really want is what they need, but in reality, it's not. I fault pray to that on occasion and I just I've learned though that I I ask and you know what 
God allows. There's things that I have and I ask and he allows. But brothers and sisters, here's the important thing too though, is that God receives his portion first. There's things that I've, I've asked that he allow me to do. If it's okay for me to do it, it's continuing the sharing of the gospel in different ways. I think I've shared this with you before that I really, really love the program, The Chosen. It's an insightful teaching. It's just a different translation. And there are those that I've read some of their comments. They're offended that it's blasphemy. No, it's not. There isn't anything blasphemous at all. The Bible doesn't describe what Jesus does or what he did when he walked off and he he left the disciples sometimes for several days at a time. He went off to pray. He went off to be on his own. You have to remember something, brothers and sisters, that Jesus Christ stepped off his throne in heaven. And when he came to earth, there were certain virtues that he kept. And there were things that he left. He came to earth and he was walked as a man. He was born as a male child, raised as a man. He was also tempted. The devil continuously tempted him. The Bible doesn't specifically share all these things. But here's the other thing too. Jesus Christ was also a craftsman. He was the son of a carpenter. In those days, it wasn't just carpentry. He was a craftsman. There were other things that he did. And I would venture to say that he met some people that needed that sort of thing. And because Jesus Christ being the way Jesus Christ is, he lended assistance. He gave him a hand. He either repaired something or he fashioned something for them to be able to use or help them to repair something. The Bible doesn't specifically say that because it's an instruction manual for us. God didn't believe that that was pertinent enough information. That's okay. We don't need to try to wrap our heads around and figure out what God meant and why God said and what this, and God meant to say this. Who are these perverse, progressive individuals think that they are? That they're going to say and correct the Bible and say, well, God meant to say this and he should have said that. Oh my goodness, that is not walking before the Lord in humble adoration and worship. That is walking before the Lord in profound arrogance to tell God, the maker of all things made, that he should have said it differently. And I tell people this sometimes too, when they say, oh, didn't you mean to say? No, if I had meant to say, I would have said. If God had meant to say something differently or put it a different way, he would have said it a different way. Period. God said it. It's the truth. I believe it. Period. Exclamation point. That's my faith. 
But brothers and sisters, we have to remember too that these people, these ideologies that they have, we still need to pray for them. We are told to do that. Brothers and sisters, don't forget when Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, dying and about to give up the ghost when he said, into your hands I commend thy spirit. But before he did that, what was one of the last things that Jesus Christ said? Does anyone remember? Let me see a show of hands. He looked down and then he looked up to his father and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then Jesus Christ gave up the ghost. And then he descended into hell and he wrested the keys from Satan, the keys to the death. Up until that time, he had a hold on, on folks. People were fearful of death. I don't really want to. There's things that I would like to take. But, but here's the thing. I'm not afraid to die. Why? Because I know it's the valley of the shadow of death. And death is merely a shadow now. It's not an entombment. It's not an encasement. I'm not going to be locked up in there because I am going to be met at the opening of the valley and I'm going to be escorted into the exit of the valley when I get ready to go into heaven and be with my loved ones and my family. But brothers and sisters, there are things coming. And he talks about these things. He talks about these things as a beginning of sorrows. That there will be those that will be delivered, afflicted, and killed. Brothers and sisters, it's happening in the world today. For those people that decide that they don't want to see or hear that part, no, 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 I can't hear you, la, 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 I can't hear it, I can't hear it, I can't hear it. How foolish. The truth is the truth. There's no way around it, brothers and sisters. It's happening. Believers that will not renounce the Lord Jesus Christ, that do choose to believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and not to follow this perverse, progressive teachings that many are doing. This is part of also the prophetic word of the falling away. Brothers and sisters, it's here, it's coming. And the more and more and more I see of this, I think that Jesus' return is coming a lot sooner than people expect or know. And how are you going to expect? You, you don't know when it's going to happen. I've shared this with you. There's these mass, mathematical, uh, they claim to be theological wizards, and they've figured out this code that's in the Bible and these mathematical equations that this number, this number, and this is going to tell you exactly who the beast is. This is going to tell you who the Antichrist is by this number and this number. And if you add this to that, to this, to that, and that's who it is. False teaching. Don't be deceived. Mathematical equations. We know when the rapture is coming. We're going to know when Jesus is going to come back. No, you don't. Neither one. There are certain equations that can prove and testify 
to what has already taken place and can use that to prove what has already transpired. But you don't know when Jesus Christ is going to come. The word tells us that he will come as a thief in the night and that we must be mindful and watchful. Mindful and watchful. Mindful of the word. Stay in the word. Study the word. Share the word. Watching that you don't fall into this deceit and these perverse lies. Matthew 24. 9, 10, 11, and 12. 13. 14. Hmm. Well, actually, I'm going to back up when he talks about wars and rumors of wars in there. And then eight. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Those that claim to be lovers of Christ will wax cold. They will turn their backs. They will walk away. I had one of my compatriots was sharing something that he had he had known a preacher friend brother in Christ for 12 15 years and he made an announcement just nobody saw this coming at all there was no transparency there was no hinting there was no Evidence, he just said, I can't do this anymore. What can't you do? I can't teach the word of God. I don't have faith in God. I don't believe. Wow. After that many years, and he walked away. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. But brothers and sisters, the end is just the beginning. Kind of reminds me of a film that I saw, The NeverEnding Story. Because it doesn't end. The end shall come here as we know it, that this world will be changed. All things will be made new. This filth, I I look around and I see the absolute lack of stewardship. And I shared that with you, some of the things I witnessed and I see. People just don't care. They don't care about anything except self. They don't care about one another. 
I see this every single day and I pray. Whether than reacting, which we're told not to do because it doesn't do any good to react. And the spirit talks to me, <laughs> Raven, don't react. It's not gonna change anything. And it doesn't. And I, my reaction is usually just my thought process or maybe mutter something to myself. But what does, how is that changing anything? It doesn't because people are going to be as they are. Mammon will choose to be selfish over selfless. It's what they've been raised in. It's what they've seen, what they've experienced and what they choose to do. And they think that they get by with so much more. But brethren, sisters, there is hope. And that hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The hope that we find and we see in the word of God, his truth, his love, that fills these pages. I love, I love this, this Bible. I love the book. The one that I share with to you, brothers and sisters, is my father's. It's my father's Bible that he carried. I remember when, it's in a little bit of a fog, but I, I, I seem to recall I can't remember the occasion, but when my mother got this for him, he had a little small one that was just absolutely torn to shreds. I think he carried it when he was in the service. And I've learned so much about my father, sadly, after he left. I didn't even know that my father was on Guadalcanal until after he died and I found evidence and pictures and documentation and things. For those that don't know, Guadalcanal is a very pitched battle between the Americans and the Japanese in World War II on the island of Guadalcanal. There were literally thousands of Americans and multiple thousands of Japanese troops that invaded the island. And out of those thousands of the U.S. Marines and soldiers that were on that island, there was literally just a handful. I think there were maybe a dozen, couple dozen left alive. Everyone else had been killed. And those few men had run out of food, run out of ammunition. And there were only a few that were left. My father was one of those few. It saddens me that I had never told him to his face while he was alive that he was my hero. But the man was indeed. And I believe that God has a very special place for him because he is a was a fireman for many, many years, 30 some years. And I believe that, that God has him on a special duty, that he has special things that my father's doing just because of what he did here. I don't know, that's just my imaginings. But brothers and sisters, we just have to remember that we need to be in prayer 
and we need to hold them up. <laughs> Pardon me. And we just have to believe, have faith. And at the end of Matthew, that uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, not Jesus' mother, but another Mary, they had gone up to the sepulcher and they were going to clean and do things. But the angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and the stone had been rolled away from the entrance of the tomb and the angel was sitting on it. Now, this has been shared and Jesus didn't need the stone rolled away so he could get out. That stone was rolled back and the tomb was left open so those outside could see in that he was not there. I think I may have shared this, that that, that tomb was a very special tomb because Joseph of Arimathea, the man who had asked for Jesus' body and gave that tomb, was a wealthy man. And the stone probably weighed a ton or more and had to be rolled. They, they had a special physicality in the front of the tomb so that the stone was set in a trench and it had to be rolled up and then a wedge was placed so that the stone couldn't be moved or it wouldn't roll away. And it would set pitched against the front of the tomb. So when the Pharisees tried, it was so funny when they they bought stories to say that the disciples had come up and removed the stone and took Jesus' body away. Well, I would venture to say that even those 12 couldn't move that stone. Not the way it was set and put in. So you have to roll it up, get it off the wedge, and then let it roll back down and off it would go down the hill. And, and then they took his body. It, it's just, it doesn't make sense. So they were buying lies. But it says here that the angel came and was sitting on the stone. And there were those that were on guard duty besides that were at the tomb that were paid to be on guard. And they were became afraid and they fell down as if they were dead. Now when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came up, the angel said to them, Fear not. I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. Message from God. My son is up. My son is up. I woke him. I filled him with breath, and you're going to see him before I bring him home. Brothers and sisters, that is our hope. That is our light. 
that is our anchor that we have Jesus Christ. The gospel is in the Bible to share about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to share about his father. But the arrogant, perverse Sanhedrin, they didn't want to hear it. They claimed to be these Bible scholars or the Torah scholars. They didn't even recognize Jesus for what he was because they didn't have God. They didn't know that the word of God actually was rife with prophecies about Jesus coming. The book of Psalms has a a dozen or more prophecies about Jesus' birth, about his coming. Book of Isaiah, they claimed to be specialists in the scripture, but they didn't even recognize the truth, the word, when it stood before them. Brothers and sisters, lean not unto your own understanding, but lean in and hear the word of God. Hear the truth. The truth will set you free. And when the truth sets you free, through the word of the Bible, the word of God, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, then you are free indeed. You are free indeed. I might not be a great eloquent speaker, but again, I share with you, brothers and sisters, that my certificate is stamped, signed, and approved by my Lord God. It comes from HSU, Heaven Sent University. That's where my degree comes from. I don't have a theological degree that's signed by Mammon. Don't need it. I share the truth, the word of God, and this is not for my vain glory to vaunt my position at all. This is to glorify God. My Lord God blesses me by being able to bless and share the word as I am asked to do. He he said that all you got to do is believe on my son, have faith in me. The Holy Spirit will come and guide you and share the word. That's all you have to do. How difficult is that? But yet there are so many that just can't seem to find it in themselves to do it. That saddens me greatly. But brothers and sisters... There's us. Just remember, lean not unto thine own understanding. Seek those things of God and he will deliver to you the desires of your heart. He loves us, brothers and sisters. We are his children. He is a good, good father. Abba Yahweh, Father maker of all things made. Brothers and sisters, I love y'all. I pray for y'all, my going out, my coming in. Have a blessed night.